Capital.net. The Iowa football team continuing preparations for Saturday's Music City Bowl against Kentucky. The Hawkeyes a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Athletic Director Gary Barta sent an open letter this morning regarding their relationship with NIL collectives following an outcry from supporters. The L.A. Chargers had reason to celebrate last night. With their 20-3 win over the Colts, the Chargers clinched a spot in the playoffs for the first time since 2018. I'm Doug Thompson. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday get two for one on the best wings in town. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Hour number two, five minutes afternoon. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you until towards the top of the hour. Then Murph and Andy slide in at one. KXNO drive today from three until six. Bottom of the hour, we'll switch gears, go to the NFL. We'll talk about those Packers. Are they headed to the playoffs? We'll talk to Dave Sinekin uh, and then Nick Athen on the uh, Chiefs as they continue their quest for the one buy that is available in the AFC. Right now, they're the 2C. Nick Olson covers Iowa State for CycloneAlert.com, part of 24-7 Sports. Hello, Nick, Trent, and Ken. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Guys, I'm doing really great. Fresh off a nice holiday weekend, seeing some family. And oh boy. Good to be back. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Are you, did you, you had to drive, right? Wisconsin's not that far. Yeah, yep. Just to drive. I'm actually just leaving, and the VIP subscribers are, are going to get a little in-person content oh. with the most recent basketball commitment later today. So there's another one coming, or are you talking about the the guy that I, I'll, I'll butcher his name, the one that <laughs> uh, that uh, committed last week? Indecided. Yep, I'll be going to watch him in person uh, in Illinois today. You bet. Good stuff. All right, so let's catch up, Nick. Since I was off last week and um, didn't get a chance to talk to you, uh, that kid's, I mean, he's had some other opportunities, right? Uh, chose Iowa State, and, and he's got a whole bunch of stars beside his name. Yeah, no, just Indrositis is a really impressive player. And I know that you guys, as well as myself, you know, we're not surprised by this staff and Iowa State being able to land players, you know, really of this stature and talent anymore. But it's interesting. I, I kind of had, you know, a positive feeling toward the Cyclones really after the official visit. Uh, no, just gave me some time to kind of break things down. And he, he really hit on how Coach Otzelberger. And this staff really made him feel wanted. You know, other schools like Iowa and Illinois, Xavier, Ole Miss, they were all in there for him. And he was certainly being prioritized by at least some of them. But he just kind of really felt appreciated and liked kind of the plan that the Cyclones potentially have for him in his future. And now he's the first commit of the class for Iowa State. Looking very good. We already know what the 2023 class is looking like with, of course, the headliner, Omaha Baloo, but a couple other big-time prospects in that class. Momsilovich from also up there in Wisconsin. Otzi's hitting his own state hard there up in Wisconsin. He's landing them. And what does things look like scholarship-wise? They brought in you know, all the transfers this year, had the injury with one of the guys. 
What's the scholarship situation looking like next year when you're looking back at that transfer portal and kind of piecing things together when you look at the 2023-24 season? Yeah, I really like that trend. Kind of looking ahead, uh, you know, it's something that people are often talking about on the board. And I would say, you know, it's always hard to predict, right? I don't think a lot of us necessarily thought that Tyrese Hunter would be leaving. So maybe there's, you know, potentially a guy that you didn't think would leave either maybe leaves or just maybe doesn't use a COVID year or, mm-hmm. or things like that. But otherwise, just based on people I'm expecting to come back as well as a terrific four-man 2023 class, there won't be necessarily a ton of scholarships to kind of go into the season. I think when I've looked at it, it's usually been one at least, potentially two or three at the most if you kind of get that surprise person leaving. But I'm really kind of eyeing one or two spots, and that's where maybe, yeah, you look into the, the portal or things like that to maybe hit on a potential shooter. You know, they've got some coming in next year, certainly, but can never really have enough. Obviously, we've seen injuries have become a thing. But I also feel like Jeremiah Williams will be back at point guard, and Taman Lipsy has shown a lot already. So I think there's a lot of excitement and confidence within some of the depth spots as well going into next season where, you know, TJ and the staff have already done a lot of great things, but I think the expectations are also really going to be there in 2023. Hmm. Let's uh, let's switch gears to football, but I want to come back to basketball and talk about the here and now and as they get set to uh, head into Big 12 conference play. Uh, Jaden Higgins is a kid who I know nothing about, but when I look at the uh, some of the measurable 6'4", 200 pounds, and some of the plays, when he had SEC offers, he had ACC offers, he had Big Ten offers, I think Minnesota was in on him, uh, 6'4", 200, and obviously with Xavier Hutchinson exhausted his eligibility, there's going to be a lot of opportunities there for someone to pick up. Maybe not, a, you know, all of that slack, but certainly some of it. That had to go a long way. Just opportunity as far as Higgins when he was deciding on who he's going to commit to. Yeah, quite honestly, Ken, this is a big one for Iowa State. You know, he put up some good numbers uh, last year at Eastern Kentucky, especially touchdowns. I want to say, off memory, he had ten. So he certainly is able to find the end zone. Good size, solid route running ability, really good hands. And I know that this was not easy by any means. Jaden Higgins recently took an official visit with Virginia. Like you mentioned, Minnesota was in there. And he was continuing to get offers. Recently got a Northwestern offer. But this was an impressive kind of group staff effort from Iowa State. I'll definitely name Nate Shieldhouse, of course, Taylor Mauser, Derek Hooger. They really all, you know, seem to kind of, lock in on Jaden Higgins early and show him the potential role again. And and that's exactly right. That Hutchinson role. I remember speaking with Jaden after the official and he knows that there are not only opportunities, but now there's kind of this, this blueprint or template, right? That Iowa state has shown with some of these receivers with more size. And like, basically if you're able to produce and be consistent in this offense, you've got a real shot to get to the next level. And I won't be surprised at all if Jaden's able to do that guys. What else is out there, transfer portal-wise or high school recruiting-wise? How many scholarships are they looking at? How many more pieces are we looking to add on the football front? Yeah, so at least in terms of the portal, Iowa State has done a great job basically landing some of their top targets or positions of need. Arlen Harris running back early. Mm-hmm. Zach Lovett linebacker done, now a wide out. So I'm still certainly keeping my eyes out on you know, potentially kicker or maybe some depth 
spots at say linebacker or O line, but I, I can really say with confidence that this has been a really strong start in terms of the portal. I'm probably looking at maybe two to three late additions, either via the portal or class of 2023 slash JUCO route. I know that I mentioned with you, Trent, last week, Jefferson Adam, mm-hmm. an edge guy that I, I really think highly of that will be visiting Ames here in a few weeks. So that's a guy to keep an eye on. You know, obviously, MJ Anderson going to the league, it opens up yeah. really some run there at a defensive end. But otherwise, there's a lot of, you know, kind of excitement. And I would say not this overwhelming feel to really lock down that many more spots simply because kind of the overall crux and content of these classes is looking really strong. And they're hitting on the positions that I I certainly know they were looking at the most. And I think that's a really good feel to go into January where there will likely be more portal entries soon coming across spring ball and things like that. Hmm. Uh, The the kid that got yesterday from Dowling, George Nahas, Trent, do you you or Nick, do you know who his dad is? Is his dad Jim Nahas? Possibility. I mean, there's a bunch of Nahas's that have gone through there. Yeah, because Jim went to Dowling too, I'm pretty sure. I really liked his game. He's also first baseman on the baseball team. He's got good feet. Uh, Really just a road grader out there. He's got a chance. He's, yeah, developmental guy, but... Really good guy, and hear nothing but great things also about Was him. he on the Registers All-State team, do you remember? I don't. Okay. What, what do you know about him, Nick? Yeah, that, you know, it's, it's funny timing. I kind of just tweeted before the show. I'm getting ready for basketball stuff. I was just looking at the PWO list for 2023 in Iowa State, and what I'll say about George and really the class as a whole is Iowa State has done a great job getting guys that you could really see you mentioned developing as well as playing Big 12 football, not just maybe a roster spot or being on the team, but legitimately could have spots. He had scholarship offers. Aiden Gilmore, another offensive lineman, had scholarship offers. Many guys had legitimate D1 interest, and I just think it speaks to the fact, and you guys know I'll say this, I have said it since the TCU game. I've never felt that there was this wave of, overwhelming worry or needing to switch the culture or anything like that. I think it speaks to kind of how strong and really how positive the trajectory is and should be for the program. Even after a a tough year, there's no question about that. But when you're able to land guys like that, that could have been technically getting paid to play football and get a free education and they're coming as preferred walk-ons to Iowa State, I think that says a lot about where the program is as well as the coaching staff and how they're able to pull people in like that. Recruiting never ends. 2024, people already asking the question. I saw in your mailbag out one of those. (laughs) Who's going to be the first for 2024? (laughs) Yeah, that's tough because I don't think I necessarily would have predicted Carson Rhodes last year. Obviously, I was very early into the recruiting stuff. I'm, I'll give you a couple names. Thank you for the, the mailbag shout-out. I think that there's a lot of <laughs> positive buzz with Southeast Pole quarterback Connor Moberly. I also wouldn't be surprised if an Ohio linebacker Danny Inglis or Colorado linebacker Mason Miller, those are guys that I know have been really high on Iowa State, able to check in with them fairly often, and spots that the Cyclones have recruited pretty well. But one name, I would say Connor Moberly, and we should have an interview with him coming up soon as well. Good stuff. Well, we do know that uh, uh, that the young Nahas kid, his dad is Jim Nahas, mm-hmm. who I got to know when he worked down at the Iowa Cubs. Yeah. And then I think he went to work for the county. He was Sam yeah. Burnaby's, 
He was the assistant GM. He was oh, okay. Randy Wayhofer before oh, nice. Randy Wayhofer yeah. was. Anyways, um, basketball-wise, let's talk about the Big 12. Ready or not, here it comes. Thank God that we're by this non-con and uh, these pay these buy games, right? <laughs> um, I, I can't wait for it. And uh, Saturday will be here before we know it. And here comes Baylor. What they I mean? Obviously, the we I think has been voted. Uh, Trent and I certainly um, named it the sports story of the year last year. Iowa State seemingly I have nowhere run to the Sweet Sixteen. I'm not sure that this is a team that uh, will uh, get that far this year. Hope they get an opportunity to do so. What do you see so far uh, in the twenty-two, soon to be twenty-three Iowa State men's basketball team? Yeah, you know, I think that the Iowa game surprised me. I know I've said that with Trent, but outside of that, Ken, I'm not sure the team is that different in terms of kind of how it finds its success and maybe the overall floor and ceiling of the team compared to last year. I will say I, I liked having a guy like Isaiah Brockington that, you know, if the shot clock's getting down 3-2, he can basically just pull up, create a foot, and knock down a mid-range jumper. I do think that's being missed a little bit, but I love the depth and versatility of this year's team, especially kind of on that wing and short post. I think that the Iowa win or maybe adding on that 10th non-conference victory against Omaha if that game was played would have been a little bit nice just long-term to kind of get guys more experience before Big 12 play. But what I've seen from the Big 12 is it's going to be really, really good again. But I'm not sure there's really just one or two teams that's kind of standing out above the rest. I think it might be deeper, maybe less top-heavy than last season. I think Iowa State has to follow their same formula in terms of overall success, as well as the addition of Trey King recently, I Mm -hmm. think is going to be really good. I know we broke him down a little bit. I think Jaron Holmes is going to be that consistent player. And to me, Heyman Lipsy is really going to be such a driving force for what this team can do in conference play. He has really impressed me thus far. Going to be a tough grind. Uh, Ken Palm has Iowa State projected 7-11 and in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. And on top of it, that Missouri game that, you know, when it came out in the SEC Challenge, is <laughs> right. like, oh, Missouri's going to stink. What a yeah. terrible game. Yeah. Missouri looks good all they of a do. sudden. I mean, the Tigers are playing incredibly well with Dennis Gates there. Thought maybe you'd get an easy one, and all of a sudden, these 19 games in front of them, Boy, it's going to be a doozy here. Got to hold serve at home. I mean, what's a realistic record? What, 7-2 and two at home? Is that a realistic goal for this team? And then try to steal a couple of games on the roll on the road? Yeah, your, your formula is exactly right, my friend. I think that 7-2 and two even, is it's, it's certainly doable, but that's even tough because I feel like that's almost completely taking care of business. However, I think the way this team plays, they can, they can steal one or two on the road even more than you'd kind of expect. I know they won't be favored in a ton of road games, as you kind of think, but I, I'm going to say, yeah, I, I do still think they can get around that 18-19 win mark before you get into the conference tournament and then maybe win a game there, and I do think they can certainly squeeze their way in. Like I said, the Iowa game would have been a really nice one to kind of have on the resume. Obviously, the, the Hawkeyes had a tough loss recently, too, but... That's kind of a formula, and I think exactly what they do at Hilton 
will be enormous, and that starts Saturday with the Baylor Bears. Indeed. Well, I think that um, most of the people on your board, most of the Cyclone fans, hope that this is your last uh, Christmas you get to spend with your family for a few years. They hope you're working following uh, the, the football team to a bowl destination. I know Trent and I are as well because it's good for business when both schools are postseason eligible. So uh, enjoy this one next year. Fingers crossed you're uh, you're headed to a bowl game, Nick Olson. Nick, Happy New Year. We'll talk to you a week from today. We're all off next Monday, so we'll grab you Tuesday. Thank you, Nick Oson. Appreciate it. Can't wait, guys. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Cyclone Alert 24-7 Sports, and as Nick said, he's got a story coming up uh, on the VIP board for uh, you listeners, or you followers, rather, subscribers, I guess the right word, uh, later on today. That is going to do it for Nick. We'll take a timeout. Uh, um, 7-11. Yeah. 9-9. and that's good, yes. In this league, absolutely. Good. There'll be enough quality there. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Nine and eight and ten with a win against Missouri. That'll be a road game, remember. I, I totally forgot that that was their mm-hmm. opponent. And it was like, good God, what a garbage. Right. And that's late January, right? Yes. That's that's when that'll be in there. Is this the is this the end of that one? The SEC Big Twelve Challenge. Did this one go kaput after this year? There was something, wasn't there? I thought there was too. Can we get a Big Ten, Big 12 challenge? Yeah, please. <laughs> I mean, with Fox obviously investing in both, yeah. that'd be good. Yeah, and it doesn't include Cyhawk? Right. Yeah, I don't that, want That's that, his that, own separate that, Right, exactly. But yeah, we get Texas Tech, Iowa. We get Iowa State, Michigan. Perfect. Sign me up. Yeah, is, is, or Izzo. Yes. Right. Uh, Ed Hilton, that would be good. In his Christmas sweater. Did you see that? Him getting a tea. In that acidite elf <laughs> yeah. sweater. Did you see Romo sweater on? Uh, I didn't. Oh boy, to him and Nance. I don't know what it is. The Christmas sweaters. Do you have one? No. Nor do I. Nor do I. Um, but boy, there's some doozies out there. <laughs> uh, Miller and Condon. We will switch gears. Going to do a little NFL with two of the regional teams. Yes, the Packers are very much alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much alive. Now they have to win out, and they certainly have a, a chance to do that. Hosting the Vikings. Where's the Lions game? Is it in Lionville or is it is it in Green Bay? Oh, great question. It is. All right, Detroit schedule. Detroit hosts the Bears this week, and then it's at Green Bay in week. So they do have another home game coming up. All right, Miller and Condon. So they finish at home, Green Bay does. Back the backers at home. Uh, Sinekin and Nick Athen on the AFC West champions yet again, those Kansas City Chiefs. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. With year-end approaching, you may have a surplus of dental care as part of your health plan. Fuller Dental has appointments available between now and year's end. Visit fullerdental.net or call 515-266-3437, 266-3437 to schedule your appointment at Fuller Family Dental. Fuller Associates Family Dentistry located near Grandview Golf Course in Des Moines and a new location in Altoona. Online, Fuller Dental. You get your podcasts. What's your favorite? Favorite high school sports memory? A late inning rally? A game winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late night bus ride home after a hard fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school, plus 
all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the Iowa High School Athletic Association and the Iowa High School Athletic Directors Association. N-O. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-PHC.com. done with this stupid song. No, 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 no. We're going to hear it at least two, maybe three more times. Dave Four, Sinekin, five, six. You just wonder. I do have an NFC championship ticket on the Packers. Do you? At 45 to one? You probably you probably could have got a bigger, bigger number, way bigger number at some point. It was, uh, it was when they were struggling and I took a shot. Yeah, I've waited another couple of weeks, probably will have been 90 to 1. That's what I'm saying. Let's get to Dave Sinek. He covers them, zonecoverage.com. Of course, you can hear Dave. As you have for 27 years on KFAN every Saturday, uh, Sunday morning, game day morning, and uh, Saturdays as well in the zone, but uh, Packer preview on KFAN. And they indeed are very much alive, Dave Sinek. And Trent and I were kind of tossing some stuff around, joking a little bit. What if they played the Vikings and knocked them out of the play? I mean, if I get the first, you have to get in, right? But if they do, and if they play Minnesota uh, in U.S. Bank, all the chirping you had to deal oh with, Dave. Oh my, wouldn't that be something? Uh, it certainly would be preferable to a matchup with San Francisco. Yes, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, that would be awesome. I, there's still a whole lot that has to happen for Green Bay to qualify, but uh, after last weekend, the path is a little bit clearer. That's for sure. It really is. So let, let's go back to that game. Uh, look, as uh, as we come to find out, it looks like Tua was concussed at the uh, at the end of the first half. That's the bigger issue in my. How do they continue to miss these? And they have spotters in every stadium. He looked like a different player. I mean, the the um, his his production on the field would say he was a different player. But how does the NFL continue to miss this? This is a uh, a, a huge red flag, Dave. It really is. It is disturbing. And, you know, we can all guess on maybe the plays we've seen, you know, in the second quarter where his head hit the ground. I don't know. I mean, you're supposed to have people watching all of this stuff. And if not, you know, catching it in the video, you would think somebody around the team would have noticed that maybe he was acting a little bit differently. But clearly now, as you look back at the game, a guy that had thrown five picks all season, those three consecutive in the fourth quarter, it, it does make you wonder what was going on there. It's you know, that goes way beyond football, obviously. You have to really worry about this young man's life and his life after football. So a lot uh, a lot of soul-searching has to be done, and, and the NFL clearly has to do a much better job of being much more eagle-eyed about these things. To the Packers and Aaron Jones, we know he's a talented guy, really good out of the backfield. Dylan's been getting more carries lately. Are they just still trying to figure it out? I mean, it just it feels so odd, the the way that this running back tandem has gone this year, and is it because of some of the injuries at wide receiver and those guys not developing it? What's happening here? Because, boy, it just feels to me, Aaron Jones, get him 22, 24 touches a game. It'd make a lot more sense than what the Packers are doing here lately. 
Yeah, that's that's been a head scratch for the last couple of years with Aaron Jones. Um, I do know that he is dealing with an ankle injury, but mm-hmm. when there's no injury designation going into the game, uh, it's hard to believe that that is a major issue unless they're just kind of being um, you know quiet about it, and not letting the opponents know. It it makes no sense. He is the best offensive playmaker this team has, and when he's out there and getting touches, Green Bay always seems to win. So I don't know if. You know, maybe day of the game, his ankle was not feeling great. He told the coaches, I'm not not really feeling it. I, I can't think of another explanation because it's a great two-headed rushing attack. Uh, they should both get 15-plus touches a week in my book. It mm-hmm. feels like whenever they do do that, Green Bay tends to win the game. I just, I guess I have to believe the ankle's bothering him. It has been an issue the last few weeks. Uh, and I'm just up in the air this weekend, too, because this is a game where you know, Aaron Jones should touch the ball a whole lot against this Vikings team, and frankly, I'm not really expecting it at this point. Interesting. And I'm sure you weren't expecting Mercedes Lewis to be down the field 30-something <laughs> yards when the ball floats into I mean, who saw that coming? He's hardly been used this year, Dave. Yeah, that was. Uh, I don't think that was scripted that way. I think uh, just the way the play developed, he just figured he'd keep going and try to get open. He was 38, 39 years old, and uh, from what I've heard, just an amazing teammate and an amazing story that he's still playing football. And, of course, the stat that most Pack fans know is he remains the only round pick uh, Aaron Rodgers has ever thrown a touchdown pass to, <laughs> wow. and uh, and he's still doing it. So, yeah, that was that was an amazing play that might have been called back had they challenged it because it got a little uh, mm-hmm. goofy there as he tried to keep control. But maybe the turning point uh, offensively for Green Bay in that game, I think the the actual turning point was he Mostert fumbled there in the second quarter when things were getting away from Green Bay a bit. But, yeah, he, he, it's an amazing story. I didn't think he'd be back this season. Again, I'll look at next year, and I, I'm sure it's the end of the road for him. But I guess you can never uh, rule out him returning if Rodgers comes mm. back. They've got great chemistry together. Jacksonville, right? Was that where he was drafted? Yes. Yeah, yes, so first I thought. Yeah, go ahead. So uh, two games remain, both in Lambeau, division mates, and you get into the playoffs. Get in at 9 and 8. Yeah, it could be San Francisco. Of course, you'd hand Minnesota loss to get there. How dangerous would this team be? I mean, you've seen it. I, I saw some numbers from DVOA. Of course, the analytics based a, a breaking over the last five weeks. They're fourth in the NFL overall, both defensively and offensively. That's how good this Packers team is. They get in. Is this a really dangerous team or fun story? Hey, let's go pull an upset. But that's all it's going to be. I kind of feel like the latter, to be honest. I just, I'm not totally sold on, on where this Packers team is. You're right. The numbers don't lie. They've been a much better team on, on both sides of the ball. I mean, they need help. I mean, they still need Washington to lose a game, but I don't, I don't know that Washington's going to lose a game at home to Cleveland this week. And then they host Dallas week 18 and Dallas will have nothing to play That's for. True. I can't imagine Dallas putting anybody on the field in that game. So. I, you know, if Cleveland stuns them this week, you know, okay, then the path is clear. But I still think it's a long shot for the pack to get in. And you can go back to, man, any of the six or seven losses they had there in that stretch, you know, uh, to the Jets, to the Commanders, certainly the Giants game in London. There were so many winnable games that, that Green Bay let get away. But, but if all that goes through and then somehow Green Bay gets in and, you know, yeah, they could get matched up with a number two San Francisco team, and I don't think the Niners would be too scared of Green Bay. If they somehow get a Vikings matchup, maybe two weeks after Green Bay had knocked Minnesota off, uh, I'd give Green Bay a good chance to, to beat a Minnesota team that 
you know, certainly has survived on luck. They've, they've got a nice team and, and things have gone their way, but I don't think that'd scare anybody in the playoffs right now with that defense. But yeah, I mean, honestly, guys, I just, I think it's a nice story. It, it's made the, the last few weeks fun for Packer fans mm-hmm. to have meaningful games. I didn't expect it, but I still will be very surprised if Green Bay qualifies for the postseason. Yeah, I need help, as you, as you mentioned. Mason Crosby's uh, certainly, um, it seemed like he was at the end, Dave, but he's having, I think, a decent, I think you would agree, a decent year. He was certainly great uh, in Miami. He's probably, I mean, if it's, it's all going to end for all of them at one point. We talked about Lewis, and you've, you've told us your feelings on what you think is going to happen with Rodgers. Mason Crosby looked as though he was at the end, and he seemingly uh, has, has um, I don't know if he's bought himself another year, but he's been good this year. I think this is the end of the road for Crosby and Green Bay. Um, salary-wise, Green Bay's got a lot of issues uh, with guys with high cap numbers, and yeah, even the kicker falls into that category. You know, I think the only way he's back is, is if Rodgers is back and they try to run this thing back one more time and they look at who are the few veterans that might make a difference in a game late in the season, and Crosby would certainly qualify. But you're right. He's had a, a great season this year, an amazing career. He just set the Packer record for most consecutive games started passing uh, Brett Favre and the leading scorer all time. I don't know if you saw the video that came out in the last 24, 48 hours that Aaron Rodgers narrated about Mason Crosby, and uh, he's also been just a great community guy in the city of Green Bay all these years, and just a great all-time Packer. And when you have a kicker that you can rely on for 15 straight years, man, when you're a perennial playoff team, it's such a nice luxury to not ever have to worry about that. Certainly Viking fans know the other side of that. Uh, they got a guy that's gotten hot lately, but that's been obviously a source of uh, lots of uh, heartburn over the years for Vikings fans, and and Packers really have had a luxury having Mason Crosby all these years. Yeah, their best kicker's been, uh, done his business as a Raider in Carlson's <laughs> right. So, right. three-game winning streak, has this changed the Aaron Rodgers equation going forward? Is it, even if they don't get in the playoffs, they win these last couple of games, Washington doesn't lose. Has this changed, has this evolved, or is it just the same conversation we're dealing with a guy that goes and does weird things in the offseason? We just have to see what he's going to do ultimately. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's changed a whole lot. I mean, it's nice to see a team, uh, despite just a terrible season tailspin and four and eight, to to string a few wins together. But you know, the Bears, uh, the Rams, uh, those to me that you're not really setting anybody on fire beating those two teams. Winning in Miami is certainly a uh, you know impressive, and now the two and news kind of even deflates that just a little bit. But you know, still Green Bay went down there, trailed by double digits, and and we found out found a way to win a game against a team that's. You know, a winning team, a playoff-caliber team. So, um, yeah, it's it's taken some of the, the sting out of certainly a season that had really high expectations. But but ultimately, I mean, this has just been kind of a disaster of a season in Green Bay. For all it was supposed to be after two straight number one seed, uh, to be sitting here needing a, a Washington Commanders loss in the final two <laughs> weeks, along with a couple wins, just to get into the tournament and maybe face a San Francisco team that might be the favorite to get to the Super Bowl. So I don't know. Like I say, ultimately for me, it's I'm going to Lambeau January 1st with my family, nice. four Packer fans and, and one Viking fan, and we're going to go see a game that matters. And that's ultimately as a fan kind of what I wanted. Just let's watch some fun football that matters in January and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, it could be worse. You could be tied to Russell Wilson for five or six more years. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Kev. <laughs> uh, Happy New Year, Dave Sinekin. Thanks for doing this. Uh, I believe they'll be alive and we'll talk next week. Thank you, Dave. 
I hope you're right. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year to you. Zone coverage where you can read uh, Dave Sinekin. Nick Athen joins us on those Kansas City Chiefs. They've won the West. The Bengals and the Bills, Monday Night Football. If the Bills get beat by the Bengals and the Chiefs beat the Broncos, which we certainly assume that they will do, well, maybe they'll get the bye week. How are you, Nick Catherine? How's things? Things are great, guys. How was your Christmas? Oh, good. How about you and the little one? Uh, you know, he, well, if there's any indication, he's still in Christmas mode. He's still wearing his Christmas pajamas. He doesn't have enough to Love still it. to play with. So. Absolutely. There you go. Good, good stuff. <laughs> of course, Nick, primetimesportstalk.com and chiefsfocus.com. Well, Mahomes, it seems like we could do this every week, right? We could start with, boy, oh boy, I can't believe he made this play. Uh, what an incredible, yeah. um, you know, perpendicular to the ground. Like, I know he's athletic. I didn't know he was that athletic, but man, what, what an, what an amazing play week after week after week. What a luxury it must be to be a Chiefs fan watching this cat. Yeah, I you know I tweeted that I think yesterday, and I just said, people, you know, we have something that every NFL team wants. We just have a guy who just does whatever it takes to you know make the play, score the touchdown, uh, bend his body. I mean, you know, people don't give him enough credit for his athleticism. It's a kind of different athleticism than let's say a, a you know obviously a, you know Josh Allen is more of a physical runner. Mahomes um, is more finesse. But that play, I watched that four times, and I'm thinking, he did a one-handed push-up to get to the end zone. And I could have think of all the things that could have gone wrong, and his, uh, you know, I congratulated Bobby Troop, who's the guy that works out with him, or, you know, is his mentor and and works with him and gets him in great shape. And I said, you have an amazing athlete. And that was just an incredibly athletic play, probably one of the best Mahomes plays uh, in his career today, I think. It doesn't feel like we have this conversation like every, every three week. weeks. It just, oh, and then here's another one. It, it feels like, you know, he's just, he's playing in slow motion. Everything else is moving around him, and he just, he plays the game at another level. And, and it's funny because every once in a while, when a bad performance for him comes up, oh, is, is Patrick right. Mahomes a little too aloof? It's just, it's just the way he is. And you look at a play like that, it's got to get kind of boring after a while, doesn't it? I mean, it's just, you're, you're that much better than everybody else. Yeah, well, I'm never bored with it, trust me, because, you know, I'm a perfectionist. You know, the Chiefs should be undefeated. I can I can go back every game. Right. But when you watch him play and you just you watch his footwork, and I, I think I've mentioned this before, I mean, Lynn Dawson had some of the best footwork for a pocket passer I have ever seen, from stepping up, moving back, sliding his feet, shuffling here or there, creating an extra yard or two of movement to, to get more time. And Mahomes has it. Mahomes does it ten times better uh, than what Dawson did. And you just you do. He is in slow motion. You watch these plays in a replay over and over again, and everybody's going full speed trying to attack him. And he's just gingerly moving, just a little bit here and a little bit there to give him the time and the space to get the extra read. And I keep saying this, and I will say this until the day he retires: if they ever have five stud offensive linemen that give him a clean pocket. He will throw for 6,000 yards in a season. No question about it. <laughs> well, with those guys, I mean, Kelsey can't play forever, ho- hopefully. Nope. Um, anyways, uh, so when Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, when he gets back, which I guess is maybe this week, if not the week after, uh, I, I like what Pacheco has brought to this team. What, mm-hmm. What's the running back uh, situation going to be? Assume Edwards-Hilaire is healthy. Um, how do they split the carries? Because McKinnon's been good, although better out of the backfield, mm-hmm. you know, catching a pass. But how will this shake out? 
Uh, I don't think we're going to see. I don't think we're going to see Clyde Edwards-Hilaire um, active for the rest of the season. Um, they've got a good thing going. They're starting to give Ronald Jones a little bit more reps. He has looked, from what I'm told, Ronald Jones has looked really, really good in practice, and he's probably going to get a bunch of carries here uh, this week against Denver, and also the following week uh, at the Raiders. So, I, I think for me, I think the Clyde Edwards experiment has passed its time. Uh, Pacheco is going to be the the guy next year, unless they. They make a run for, you know, a starting running back, maybe the guy who's sitting in Las Vegas right now who wants out. Mm-hmm. Um, you Jacobs, know, I, yeah. I think that, yeah, oh God, can you imagine him in the Chiefs offense? Oh, <laughs> no my thanks. God, that would be incredible. That'd be sick. Uh, it's something I'm touting highly. I think it's a move that the Chiefs should make. But that said, they've got a nice mix. They're not going to take reps away from McKinnon. He's too valuable. You know, it's crunch time now. The Chiefs have to go 2-0 for any chance to win the, the, to win the number one seed. It's one and done after that. They're not going to trust Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with a football in the postseason. Um, so, I, again, I think that experiment's over. I think he's either a, a trade in the offseason or just an outright release. The cap hits not that much. But you got a good thing right now, and I don't think Andy Reid, as well as I know him, I don't think he's going to say, okay, we're going to, we're going to ease him back into it because there's really no role for him at this point because of the two guys ahead of him. The number one seed is so important, and getting that mm-hmm. by the week to heal up, yet – they still need Buffalo to lose. Now, Monday Night Football, obviously, yeah. is going to be a great game. But say Buffalo right. pulls that out. What does Week 18 look like knowing you need Buffalo to lose to New England at home? Mm-hmm. And on the other side, of course, Kansas City is wrapping up their season on the road at the right. Raiders. I'm going to guess both those games will be at the same time. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to know yeah. kind of how it's going to play out in that fashion. How do you believe Andy Reid's going to play that? Is it going to be some scoreboard watching and hey, Buffalo's run away in the second half? Our starters are going to get pulled out. You know, it depends on what the NFL does with the Saturday games. You know, the Chiefs last year reflects into Saturday against Denver, kind of in the exact same situation. You know, they, if they win, they're, they're the number two seed. Um, you know, there was no question about that. And I, I think the same thing could be. I, I would, I would think that the league is probably going to split those games. Um, obviously, the Bills aren't going to play on on Saturday after playing Monday night. So I think it's possible the Chiefs and the Raiders. We'll play, you know, an NFL Network or an ESPN game on Saturday, and that'll tell the Bills what they have to do the next day. So I, I think, to me, that's the better thing. So your scenario makes a lot of sense. You know, they, they want they want a good they want a good team on Saturday. That's not going to really hurt them one way or the other, or handicap them if they play a day early from being a postseason team. Um, you know, because these coaches want as much time as they can, and they want to be in the Sunday schedule more than they do on a Saturday. Plus, if I'm not mistaken, there's a Monday night game, too. There is a... Um, no, not in Week 18, there is not. Okay. I and I don't even think there's Saturday the games, My bad. I don't think there's Saturday the games. Well, they I don't last think year. The, the college football playoffs, uh, playoffs are that day. That's right. That's right. I completely forgot. My bad. Okay, throughout that window, waste the last 30 seconds. My apologies. Start over. <laughs> yeah, 3-2-1. Um, yeah, so let's go back. Let's go back with your initial sentence. Play them both at the same time, 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock. Yeah. Works for me. I think so. Nick Hathen, great stuff. Nick, happy New Year. Talk to you next week. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank Appreciate you. It. Yep. Primetime Sports Talk, ChiefsFocus.com. Yeah, because last year they had those two games on there. there and I was year. looking, yeah, and they put them all on January yeah. 8th. But to your point, I think they're going to be at the same time. That's what they've that's done what, in the past. That's true. When they didn't have the Saturday games, right. if both those games matter because of each other. They'll be they want one won't play early and the other right. will play late. They'll play at the same time. And 
Kansas City's at Vegas, so that'll be late afternoon, and that means sure. that Buffalo... It's going to be a 425 local. Yes, that's what it'll be against mm-hmm. New England, so they'll put those games up at the same time. We talked about it last week. What's going to get the night slot? Is it going to be the AFC South? I think it tussle? might, right? I think it might be. Is that Tennessee at Jacksonville? At Jacksonville. And how weird is it? The games this week for both those teams don't matter. Both of them lose. Both of them win. It doesn't matter at all. It all comes down to Week 18. If you're those two, if you're Tennessee, do you sit guys out? Because if you're well, Jackson- Tannehill is out, is he not? He is, right. And he's not coming back. Right. But for Jacksonville, you're playing so well. You don't want to slow down that momentum Keep going. If you're Tennessee, though, if anybody's banged up, you're and out. they've lost five straight. But make it six because it doesn't matter. Yeah. If we win the following week in mm-hmm. Week 18, then we're in. I think that's what you have to do if you're Vrabel, right? I, I agree with you. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we did this exercise trying to figure out who this is. It never even crossed my mind. Right. That this, that, are you kidding me? The Sunday night game is going to be Jacksonville hosting the Titans. And my 8-1 to, to one ticket on the Jaguars to win the division before the year. Still alive. That, that's a good one. That is a good ticket. You're very much alive. Yeah. Very much alive. All right. Uh, well, speaking of picks from Trent, that's next. Circus Sports sponsors certainly got lots of options. Bunch of bowl games today, and then it really ratchets up tomorrow through the uh, uh, through the uh, Saturday. Miller and Condon's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Um, go Hawks! Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circus Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circus Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit circusports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. I'm Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Running out of show here, Trent Condon. Circus Sports sponsors your plays of the day. We're off to a good start. If you're following along with me on the Action Network app, you saw I had Buffalo plus five and a half today. They're up eight. Up 14 sixes. We get ready to start the second half there. Can't count that, though, on our radio pick. So we got four more for you today. Two bowl games. I'm going to lay it with East Carolina. Coastal Carolina, I know Grayson McCall is going to play. He's a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Their defense is brutal. Not only that, they got four guys that are out on that Coastal defense in this game. Going to be a lot of points. I also might play the over. Keep an eye out. I might uh, add that one. But I'm going to lay it with East Carolina. What is it, seven? Seven, yeah. Seven. Veteran quarterback, really good run game. Coastal Carolina all season long, even when they're right, couldn't stop the run. I like East Carolina in this one. We'll lay it there. And then the under tonight in Wisconsin-Oklahoma State. Both teams don't have a quarterback. Nope. Both teams. Well, did Sanders decide where he's going? Mertz is a, is a gator. He's a gator. I have not heard anything on Spencer Sanders yet. I haven't either. But 45? I mean, even at a lot of 42 and a half, I'd be playing the under, I think. At 45, maybe I'm missing something. I just don't see it here. Under all day long in that one, Wisconsin-Oklahoma State. And then two in college hoops tonight on Notre Dame. They welcome in the Dolphins. Jacksonville. 
comes to town, not Miami. Uh, we'll grab the eight and a half with Jacksonville. Pretty good this year. They're eight and three, have one nice upset win. Also going to grab the points with Seton Hall tonight as they go to Marquette in Big East Hoops. That number is currently seven and a half. So Seton Hall, Jacksonville, East Carolina, the under in Bucky versus Oki State. All right. Uh, Nico Ragaini is coming back for his sixth year. He's oh. been announced uh, within the last oh, 15 minutes or so. He's going to take advantage of that COVID year. So that certainly helps the receiving core. They they need it. Now Steel need a little bit more right? in that transfer. No, port. the work's not done. I agree. And uh, on top of it, the emergency quarterback for the game Saturday will be Sam Laporta. That's right. He is the emergency quarterback if things go awry with Joey Labus and Carson May. Will we see Carson May? Does, is, there, is there a series for him? I hope we do. Well, it's Iowa. They don't like playing those backups. As we've heard. Yep. As we saw. And what if Labus lights it up? Oh, that's going to look bad on Pops uh-huh. and Son. Uh-huh. Anyways, we're out of time. Uh, we appreciate it. Have a wonderful day. Murph and Andy are next. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXN.